Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. We do it every day. We're doing it every weekday. That is Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are joined by my friend and yours, host of Locked on Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd. Josh, how are you doing? Good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We just watched Ish Smith, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan cap off a championship run for the Denver Nuggets. Not together because we're very far apart at currently, but um, yes. you know, spiritually, we ju- we just watched it. And now we're going to do the next best thing, which is talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Yep, we yes. sure are. A <laughs> little, little bit, a uh, little bit different, I guess. But you can how we tie it together. You know, Chauncey Billups used to play for the Nuggets. There you go. That yeah, is our, exactly. Is our, our current tie-in. Chauncey Billups, uh, Nugget legend, uh, <laughs> Dave Adelman, uh, Portland legend. Uh, so yeah, we there we go. Uh, Popeye Jones, I think his son played for the for the um, minor league hockey team here in town. So yeah, we yeah, it's a lot of a lot of connections, a lot of connections. Uh, we're we're here to talk sort of Blazers off season stuff. You you um I mean. You do a wonderful job covering the whole league. It is really hard to cover the whole league, and you do it really, really well in a bunch of different facets. But back prior, back in April, you did your sort of Blazers um, season recap and look ahead. It's a look back and look ahead, a true sort of like tie on tie off to everyone's end of the season. And and in that, you had some reporting about sort of how the Blazers were going to approach the off season. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about if anything's changed. I want to talk about. Can they do it? But can you, for those of maybe my listeners who didn't hear that or haven't heard as concretely as I've just kind of referenced it, what had you heard how the Blazers might approach this offseason prior to the draft lottery? So what I heard this, I don't know if it was late March or right at the start of April, right when the regular season ended, that whatever happened in the lottery, if the Blazers didn't get pick one, they were going to move the pick. That was their intention is they were going into the offseason with the plan to move on from the pick. Obviously that pick ended up at number three and with, I think the picks probably increased in value from what a normal number three pick is as well recently. But my, my word was that they were looking to do that to get guys in to help Damian Lillard. Shaden Sharp was off the table in terms of being traded away. Um, my reporting was that Jeremy Grant would be re-signed and that Anthony Simons was basically out. And then once I heard that report, then they had the exit interviews a couple of days later and Anthony Simons was coming out saying, yeah, look, we see what we need. You know, you need these switchy defenders and long defenders and we're going to aim to get that. Whether I'm here to be a part of it will will, will remain to be seen. Like I'm paraphrasing there. I went, ah, oh yeah, that's, Basically, exactly what I had heard is that we look to package that pick. If it's not pick one, Anthony Simons, other things that aren't Lillard and Grant and Sharp, and look to get a player. And I'd heard a few different names that they were targeting. And the number one guy that I had led to believe that they were targeting was Mikael Bridges. But other names were brought up. Pascal Siakam um, was brought up as a name. Jalen Brown, uh, an off chance of a Joel Embiid you know, Im- implosion in Philadelphia. But they were looking to get the number one guy they were looking to get was I, I had been told Mikael Bridges. That seems to have checked out since we moved on from late March mm. because Damian Lord keeps talking about how much he likes Mikael Bridges. They've been hanging yes. out in various parts of uh, the country. Uh, 
pictured in Brooklyn and a couple and, and working out together in Arizona as well. They're having they're just they're having a jolly old time uh, mm-hmm. together. They're they're legitimately friends. And in an interview this week or last week, as as we're recording this on Showtime, when asked which teams might you want to play for, Damian Lord specifically mentioned the Nets would be you know if if it were to go that way in this hypothetical, the Nets because I'm really good friends with Mikhail Bridges. Um, it has been everything that has happened sort of since you reported that has pointed to that being like dead on bullseye correct down to the names the thing that has changed though is the pick i think the assumption was that they were going to fall to you know they had the fifth best odds um they had a much more likely chance of falling to six or seven seven was their most likely spot it's easier to trade seven I, i i think it's easier to trade seven do you think, and we can talk about this more as we get into the show, do you think three changes sort of the calculation for him a little bit? I think what it does is, I think plus what I have been told is that it, the, the idea is still there, right? They still want to do the same thing. They still want to trade it and they want to bring somebody in to play alongside Damian Lillard. But the value of the pick is way different now. It's like immediately I would say, if I was Brooklyn, let's just use the Bridges example. And Portland said, you can have pick three, maybe Scoot Henderson. Yeah, you can have that pick plus Anthony Simons. If I'm Brooklyn, I go, yes, please, immediately. Like, what are we doing here? That's an immediate yes, which for Mike, for your side, is bad. Like if the other team is going, yes, what, <laughs> no, yes, 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 put it straight in. If the other side is doing that, then that's probably not a great deal because Scoot Henderson is an elite tier prospect. Elite tier prospects don't work out all the time, but he is an elite tier prospect. And if you've got the opportunity as a Brooklyn team to then go, Simon Scoot, he's our backcourt. Okay, what are we doing with the Bridges, who's 27, maybe 28? Good player, never going to be the number one guy that leads you to a conference finals or anything along those lines. Like you do that and you reset and you, and you do it. So, yeah, that pick three versus pick five or pick seven is a big, big difference. So the value of that pick has gone up. So now there's a lot of posturing the, the nets. We're not trading bridges and the blazers are all. Maybe we'll just keep the pick because the value of it has has increased. And you're going to have to come up with a little bit more for it now. And as I said, like three assignments for bridges, peripherals aside, it's, it's too much. You need bridges plus something with that bridges and Claxton or whatever it is. But the value of that has made it a little bit different in terms of how that move goes forward. But it's still what they're looking to do, just the asking price goes up. I, I think you you hit on something I want to touch on in the second segment. Both sides are just posturing. We've reached that stage I, in the in, in sort of heading into the draft where it's like, we won't do this, we won't do this. I want to ask you sort of how much you believe on either side. But before I we do that, I want to tell my listeners about building a championship team. You know who knows about that? It's the good folks at eBay Motors, because they know that it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, and uh, with over 122 million parts to choose from in their catalog, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Still chatting with Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You mentioned it in that, in that first segment. Somebody's lying. Mm-hmm. 
or everybody's lying. I actually think that's the most plausible um, part of this. Everybody's lying. The Blazers the case, isn't it? That, yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone always lies. lies. Like the Blazers do it all the time, but every team does it. So yeah, we all expect that. Yeah, it's the Blazers kind of shifted from, you know, Damon Lord's like made it very clear at his exit interviews. I want them to make this trade. I want them to do these things. And then sort of the public um, reporting from every newsbreaker and for all the bigger networks was like, actually, the Blazers might be totally fine keeping the pick and Dame. They're not actually going to do what Josh Lloyd reported back in April. They're going to, they're totally fine. They're fine with this. And then on the other side in Brooklyn and other places, no, uh, Mikhail Bridges off the table, untouchable. How, how much do you believe that? Um, look, the, the, the Nets is an interesting one. I don't have anyone telling me anything specifically about them, but there's so many reports like they turned down all these things for Bridges. Maybe they're just overvaluing what he does. It feels crazy to me that you wouldn't try and cash in on the value of a 27-year-old wing who's elite at what he does, but it's good. that's that's be the number two or number three player. And you got to cash in. Like in two years' time, you won't get anywhere near that same value back for what you could possibly get now. And I don't know where this team thinks they're going. With the they were what when when he arrived they were under 500 13 or 15 I think like so yep. what, what are you going to do you're going to ride Mikhail Bridges to a 10 seed to a playing spot who are you the Wizards like what are, you, what are you trying to do with that situation so that's posturing part of the Blazers stuff is that like they were undoubtedly I say undoubtedly let's say 99 confident the reason that this has come out or well, maybe we'll keep it is because they're just getting low ball offers right now just like what are you talking about this is not enough you know who you could get with this pick. Um, up, up the ante here. I, I think that's where, where it comes down to. And that it, it makes it hard to understand where it's all going to go down. And some, something's going to happen. Like nearly every year, Mike, we see one trade that happens before the draft, like three to four days before the draft. I'm not saying it'll be this one, but something is going to happen coming up. And we'll now that the finals are over, things will start to move a little bit quicker in the next you know, three weeks or so. It might even happen next week or, or this week. But I just think that all this posturing, we hear about it all the time. Kevin Durant posturing, like, okay, he ended up being traded. It did take a few months, but I just don't think that this is just a dead in the water and they're going to reverse course because they've had this plan for months. Like, I knew about this idea of what they were trying to do for months, and it's not just going to be shut down straight away here because that's what they said, you know, and publicly released. Yeah, like... the not, nothing has changed. Like, I think what has changed is, as you mentioned, the value. So it's gotten, mm -hmm. the negotiations are slightly trickier. But at some point, deadline spur actions. Like, it, take like Toronto, yeah. for example, since we're sort of hammering the Brooklyn stuff. It's like, Pascal Siakam is entering free agency next summer. They kind of got to decide what they need to do. Do they think they're going to get a better trade, like, better pick back than the third pick in the 2023 draft for Pascal Siakam between now and February? Almost certainly not, right? Almost okay. certainly not. So at some point, uh, Toronto is going to be, is going to have to make a decision whether they want to take, whether they're going to, you know, run it back with a pretty darn good team that was underachieved or at least talented top six <laughs> with some question marks um, or, uh, or if they're going to say, Hey, literally this is this is the moment we are not getting a better deal than this we can you know we can try to get four picks for og ananobi or whatever it was three picks three first for og ananobi from from memphis and and yada 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 but i think i think i'm with you that that it's that at um some point the deadline will spur actions my question is and my read on this is that the deadline for the blazers is the moment after the hornets make the pick 
like, and I wonder if you agree, like it's so hard for them to make a deal without knowing, is it Scoot? Is it Brandon Miller? Or is something weird happened? And it's, you know, and, and, and it's either it's both of them. Cause I mean, Thompson jumped to two or something bizarre like that. Like, do you, do you think that sort of the Blazers off season begins as the moment the Hornets make that pick? I think that's fair enough because to me, and I think to a lot of NBA teams is the value of getting scoot is different to the value of getting Brandon Miller. Now maybe Charlotte's not one of those teams and that's fine. And there might be five, six other teams who go, we want Miller over scoot. But I think a lot of other ones would be like, yeah, look, this could be our offer, but it's going to depend on what actually is available here at three. And we'll have something in place if Scoot's there, or we'll have something in place if Brandon Miller's there, or we just won't be interested if Brandon Miller's there, or we want Amen and we can trade to a different spot, whatever it is. I do think that that is a, a key factor because this possibility of the second best player being available at pick three, which the Blazers are well aware of you know, facilitating that for some other team who wears red, white, and black that might be in the uh, Eastern Conference, facilitating the best player being available there at number number three, Michael. Um, I have no idea what you might be talking about. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to don't want to go too specific, but I reckon we, I can context clues can get us there. Um, I, I do think that changes things, and you're right that once that happens, then we'll see we'll see something go down. What do they got? Five minutes per pick, is it? And I think yeah. I think that that will be. That things will be sort of pre-arranged, but that will really 100%. start to kick off what happens. Yeah, I imagine it's contingencies, right? You've talked to four different teams with if if Scoot's there, if if if, if Miller's there, then then that's the move. You are a Scoot guy, I I take it from mm-hmm. from listening to your shows and listening to you here. Um, how sort of in terms of value, how much more do you value Scoot than Brandon Miller? Well, when I look at these things and when I do like. Yeah, big boards and mock drafts of viewing the players. You know, as everyone does, I like to put them in tiers of players. And I've got Scoot just clearly sitting by himself there at number two. I've actually got Brandon Miller. Like I had him in tier four at one point, which with a group of other guys, because I had a man slightly ahead of him. But to me, the drop off, and I did this last week as well. Like Scoot, I would take Scoot number one based on um, other prospects and other drafts in the majority of drafts for the last like. 12 for 13 years. Like there's a couple that I wouldn't, like I would have taken Doncic ahead of him, um, probably would have taken Zion ahead of him, Anthony Davis ahead of him, but like Paolo Banquero, no, Anthony Edwards, no. Uh, Anthony Bennett, uh, borderline, but probably would have gone with Scoot over him. Hope, Hopefully people caught the sarcasm with that one. Um, but there's a bunch of, a bunch of which Scoot would just go number one in nearly every draft. And the value of him as a player, again, it doesn't always work out. Right. But, right. You don't get those opportunities. And Miller can be a really good player. Like my comp for him is Chris Middleton, right? Which is a really good player. Yeah. But multi-time all-star, second best player in a championship. That's like a really good player. Exactly. That is that is a really good player, but it's not the guy that you get him and everything changes, that you build everything around and he ascends into a five-time all-NBA player. Scoot might not, right? But I think he's got the possibility to do that. And that's just... When the, the ability there is to go, oh, this guy might be my second best guy, or this guy might be the guy that is the best and everyone else will fit around. I want the guy who's got the chance, I think, to be the best. And I think that's what Scoot is. So with that in mind, can the is there a world in which the Blazers have a backcourt next year that is Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard? Okay, that's that's a good question. Now, I was going to ask you a question, but it's your show, so you can ask the questions. I'll let you, um, we can we will flip it around. All right, we got a third okay. segment. You know you know the structure. All right, this, this okay. We'll, we'll get into that one in a second. Then, um, yeah. Look, in general, the sorry, Mike and Blazers fans, the Blazers aren't very good. 
They're not in a what? situation. What? <laughs> They're not very good. So I don't think you can be in a situation where you can be extremely picky and go, oh, well, but, you know, maybe Lillard and Scoot together doesn't work. And then we've got Shaden and we've got Simons. You figure this out, right? You're not good enough to be in a situation where you're being completely picky with that situation. Damian Lillard's, what, 32, 33? He's, he's 33, yeah. Or, yeah but he's, he's about to turn 33, yeah. He's older. If Scoot and him don't work out, what's it going to mean? You're going to be bad again like you were this season? That doesn't take you away from championship contention. It gives you an increase of the odds of championship contention for this for next season or in the future, but it's not going to make you worse than what you've been for the last two years. Like That's that's not a problem. And if that doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then if it doesn't work in two years' time, Lillard's 35, and then maybe things have to change and the ball moves into someone else's hands or the alignment of the team adjusts. I just don't think that you're not in a situation where you were a conference finalist and had a trade at pick number two that ended up getting you or pick three to get to this spot. And you go, well, you know what? We are really bang right on here, right in this area. We've got to make sure we maximize what's happening because you're not good anyway. So you're just adding a better player onto that team. And while the fit doesn't look good, in three years' time, Lillard's 36 and who knows what the hell he is. And then Scoot's still on his rookie contract. Like you can't be thinking what's going to happen in the next six months when you're trying to draft a player here for 15 years. Yeah, my, I, I'm, I've, I've kind of going through this sort of exercise. I've leaned into the just make the pick regardless, like just, just do, just make the pick because you just don't have that many chances to be in this position, like as a franchise. It's just, it's just pretty darn rare to have a top five pick. Period top three pick, a top three pick in a really good class, a top three pick that might end up being uh, a special prospect. Like it, think, the, the stars seem to have aligned. Um, I say that maybe knowing that making that pick and having a hardline stance that you must keep the rookie pushes a whole nother, opens up a whole nother can of worms with Damon Lord's future and all that. But um, just sort of like, I've, you know, I've done a lot of off season shows about the Portland trailblazers, Josh. I've done a lot of these as, mm -hmm. as you may, uh, may know. Um, I, Going through this a million times, I just can't. My my brain says you got to keep three. Um, I don't know how sort of um, maybe I am missing the missing the forest for the trees, but uh, that that's where I've landed. Um, you want to ask me a question? Let's. Let, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give you a chance to do it. But first, I want to tell our listeners about FanDuel. Great time to get involved with FanDuel because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all of your summer baseball action, your MLS action, your NWSL action, whatever you're looking for all summer long here, uh, you're going to find it. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still chatting here with Josh Lloyd, host of a Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. Josh. You've been itching. You've been itching. You're a wonderful host. I, I've been on your show a handful of times. You're a wonderful host. You've been itching to flip this around, take take control of this wheel, and ask me a question. What do you got for me? It's it's hard. I just realized how hard it is when you host a show for you know three thousand seven hundred episodes like I've done, and then I just go, well, I've got questions I want to ask. But that's not the role I'm in. This is Mike's show. But here's a question that I'm going to ask you, Mike. Do you think it is? Like people can talk and there's all these rumors, which I don't believe for a single second about Damian Lillard being traded. I don't think that's happening. It, for, I've heard from multiple people with sources 
that told me this is all it's garbage like it's just it's it's not happening right that but how could it how could it happen like what team would be interested right. in that business of paying him 60 million dollars a year in two years time or whatever it is like who how could that even happen what's the likelihood of that actually going forget about whether they're willing to do it but how do you find a team that is got enough stuff to make that make sense or is willing to take on that financial obligation especially with the new cba in place yeah that's that's the hiccup um i i did a show about this like what does a damian lord trade look like there's not an obvious landing spot. I think exactly. it was. I, I think it was the Knicks at one point, but they have Jalen Brunson, right? That mm-hmm. that's a team. It's like star, you know, star star hungry and all of that, and sort of the market that makes sense. I think prior to the Russell Westbrook thing, the Lakers were were a, were a de- destination, but now they lost that salary spot. They're just a totally different team. They don't have anything close to the money to make it work, right? Um, sort of the the sort of the Clippers teams that would spend outrageously nothing that makes sense for, for Dame to get to the Clippers. So then you're down to the two spots he mentioned Miami and, and Brooklyn. Yep. What the hell is Miami going to send to the Blazers? Back, That's yeah. White Anthony Simons comes back and, and what, like the 25th pick in the draft. Yeah. What and, is, and, and Duncan Robinson, or maybe you, Kyle Lowry's expiring contract. And even and you look at Brooklyn, it's it's similar. You know, it's like a Spencer Dinwiddie expiring and 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 whatever. Even if you say, okay, well, the Blazers are going to reroute that, right? They're going to reroute that, and I, I think it would have to be a multi-team deal. Anything that works like is a multi-team deal. Who are you rerouting that wants Tyler Hero? Like, who is it that's like, mm. hell yeah, Tyler Hero? I'll throw in some assets to get a Tyler Hero. Who is starved for that type of player? And if they are. Just, just trade that team Anthony Simons. Like, just keep Dame and trade yeah. Anthony Simons to him. It's like, it, you know, um, circumvent that plan. So I, I think the reality where they would trade Dame is where Dame says, I I, I want to go. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. And they acquiesce and they say, okay, we'll make it happen. And, and, but even then, I think the most likely scenario is a Kevin Durant scenario where they say, not now. Say okay, yeah. we'll trade you, but not now because the when the league moves and the and the sort of sands of time shift, then we'll find a trade partner. But we can't do it this summer because where are you going to go? Yeah, I I, I agree. I just, it's so hard to find. And you're you're right. Like Miami, maybe, but it just the deal doesn't make sense. Lillard would have to force their hand, and the the Lillard Portland relationship is obviously really strong. He loves being there, all that stuff. That's all well and good. They bend over backwards to help him and you know, making this move to trade away pick three to keep him happy. I get it. But I, right. I have the feeling that this might be like uh, not a final straw, but it's like, all right, Dame, like let's do it one more time. We've got two years here. We'll trade this away. Let's do something. But after that, like we're not just doing everything. Um, to, yeah, we've got to start planning for the next iteration of what we're going to do. I think they should be doing that right now because that pick three, let's be honest, is probably worth more on the market than what Lillard currently is. That might be blasphemous, not as a player right now, obviously, but in yeah. terms of long-term value, it's it's worth more. And contracts get uh, traded in the league, and, and Dame's contract is yeah. gigantic. That I mean, that's yep. just a, that's a real part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be you, know, you talk about trying to. Yeah, build around that and with with the restrictions in the CBA, it's it is going to be really hard when he's making sixty million dollars at age thirty five or whatever it is. That's going to be hard to do. So might only be yeah. it might only be fifty seven and a half million uh because of Sorry. the way that so it might not be sixty, it might just be fifty seven and a half. I just want to I just want my listeners to mark that down. It's a cool fifty seven six, I think, projected. Maybe trade him trade him straight out for Bradley Beal then. 
<laughs> see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that, that's it is it is a crossroads because they're trying to do loyalty and build up this guy for this franchise. It's a uh, you can disagree or agree with this, but the, the Blazers feel more of like a community team than a bunch of other NBA teams because of the the Portland community, the lack of other professionals teams in in the city. That it's more of a community based team, so they lean a bit heavier into that side of things for better or for worse. I'm not to judge that. But at some point, there's got to be a, a reckoning of like, I don't think we can do this anymore. So with that said, do you think they can pull this off? And by pull this off, I mean, do you think they can finish like fifth in the West? Do you think they can get a good enough return to be something like the fifth best team in the West? Because like you said, it, they're the ant, the Amphrey Simons plus three is trade one. They are not one trade away from being pretty darn good. They are multiple moves. So do, do you think they can get there? Well, let's frame it this way. Let's say it's Simons and three, and it ends up being Bridges. And it'd be hard to get Claxon, but let's say that's Claxon as well. That's a part of it. I think that that gets you there. But what I think is also going to be the big part of it, Mike, it's shade and sharp, right? Yep. He needs to become not an all-star level player, but a reliable starter who yes. there with Grant, Lillard, Bridges, or Jalen Brown or whoever it is, right. but he's got to be able to hang with those guys, play 35 a night, pop off when one of those guys is sitting, um, play good defense, move the ball. What we saw for 10 games, but those 10 games, they're also garbage games. Like the, what, they don't yeah, mean it's anything. It's a really weird way, out. really weird way to judge a player. Yeah, like it's it's you know you, we're gonna either build around Shaden Sharp or Jonathan Williams Jr. Like which one of those guys? Yeah, that's that's the caliber of lineups that we're throwing out there. We're trying to assess what he does. It was great, but in the scope of things, it doesn't mean anything. So while the trade is important, getting to fifth in the West or fourth in the West or whatever, it's more Shaden Sharp versus the trade. I think because if he doesn't take any step up and he's that guy that was lost at times. Because remember, yeah. like when Josh Hart was traded, the Billups still in like, sorry, Shaden, like I, we're not giving you these minutes, man. Like he's still playing at 19 a game and we're going to go with Cam Reddish and we're going to play these other guys ahead of you. Like he wasn't actually ready at that point. So to me, that's a bigger swing factor than does the trade elevate them from the sixth worst team into a top 10 team or a top 12 team in the NBA? Yeah, I, I think the Blazers' best bet to be competitive is that Shaden Sharp is really good right away. Um, and like you said, I don't think all-star is like, I don't even think it's a reasonable exp expectation, no. right? Like he's, he was a, he was a below average rookie for most of the season, like even judging yep. on rookies. And then at one point he was, looked like he was going to be really special and rookie year is not, uh, you know, whatever. An all rookie team is not like an important assessment of your character. It's maybe an assessment of how many minutes you played for the team that you were on. Um, but like it is he needs to be a quality NBA starter in like November, like right away. He needs to be ready to go. I I'm with you on that because depth is such a big deal for them. Uh, and if they're going to trade some yeah. parts to, to get better, like de the, the depth pieces have to hit and they don't have anyone behind him. If they like, if, if Ant is part of the deal, which he almost certainly has to be, if there's a big trade, they don't have anyone else behind him. That's like, you think like, okay, this dude's going to be an above average starter in the league. Um, as much as I think Nazir Little is a very nice guy, um, that's just that's that's just not very likely to happen. So, um, yeah, where do you? I know that you said like they should probably go the other way, but they're not going to. No, they're is not. it? 
Yeah. And I, I think that that's, um, you know, I've, I've heard some, uh, maybe about a, in the last month that there was some speculation outside of the team. There's not anyone who's with the team, but outside the team that, that, that they thought Dame was really gettable. It was the first time that Dame was really gettable. Um, I have not within the organization. I do, I do not get that sense at all. Um, I'm not like banging on Joe Cronin's door every day, be like, tell me the truth. But like, um, the, the tea leaves suggest to me that they, this is, they're real when they say they want to build around Dame. Is there a world where this, where this changes? Like, is there a world where, where from here to knowing the plan now from here to the moment that they're on the clock at three, that things change, obviously anything can change, but like, is there a factor that would make it change? Um, from everything that I've been told, and I've been told many things about this organization from people who, you know, sources with knowledge of the situation, it would suggest to me, no, that, that that's just not on the cards. Um, I feel like if I came back to the same question next season or the beginning of, you know, in, in 2024, that right. that might be a different answer. But everything that I have heard, and this is from even multiple, and just people even like without me asking have like reached out and said, yeah, like, no. like It's BS, the, yeah. This, it's not happening. Like, yeah, they're... And, you can go back and search through all the media stuff. Like every year, there's always something. They might do this. They might do this. They, and Portland people laugh at it. And so it's just not happening. And then again, with that report of that guy, man, Damian is selling his house. Yeah, because he bought us, he's built he's, a $20 he's million dollar house down the road. He's building himself a new house. Yeah, he's building yeah, himself yeah. a new house. He just put $20 million into his other house and probably didn't need two of them there. So that's, you know, that's the reason behind it. But that's always been happening. So no, I have no indication from anyone that I've heard from that there's any chance of them changing tack on Lillard. And I don't see what could possibly come up again because there's no team that's going to be out there going, well, actually, we're Charlotte. We'll give you pick two and you go pick two and three and we'll take Lillard off your hands. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you're not getting a premium asset back for Lillard. Enough, not premium. You'll get draft picks. You might get three draft picks, but that might be 26 and then there might be an unprotected one in 2032 or whatever It'll be it is. Deep, that, but yeah, it might end up being a good draft pick, but it's going to be in like 2029 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't know the value of those. So right. there's nothing that. I've never heard, well, if this if they get presented this, then they'll take it to Dame and they'll make that decision. I haven't heard anything along those lines. Yeah, that's um I would say that I uh the perception outside the organization is always funny, but I mm -hmm. think uh I I mean you've been spot on about the Blazers. I got no reason to doubt what you've heard. And I don't think my listeners, if you've if you if you're unfamiliar with Josh's work, um He's nailed it a couple times. Trust the man when he speaks. Um, you know, let him be wrong and then come for him. But trust yeah. him. Trust him up until that point, right? And then we'll get him. We'll get him on the show. Oh, I can't um, wait. <laughs> uh, Josh, if people are looking for more of you, where can they get you? Um, you can go and just go Locked On Fantasy Basketball YouTube and across on any podcast thing and podcast thing that's what they're called and then on twitter i'm at at redrock underscore bebo and you can uh, go and tweet angry things at me there yeah josh has been hosting a podcast for like a decade so he knows that they're called podcast things that's yes. what pros do <laughs> exactly exactly gotta gotta just really get that terminology down <laughs> that's why you're the best dear listeners come back for more shows later this week it's what we do monday through friday five days a week tell your friends start your day with it make it your first listen i appreciate you listening I'll talk to you soon.